Hey, my name's Josh. I'm a volunteer here. We're excited that you are here. We're just going to start with um, uh, a couple of announcements to get going here. Small groups. Okay, we are getting that going and started. If you're not in one, you need to be in one. And if you're not in one, then you're just not as cool as all the other cool kids, I guess. Corey is starting a group next Tuesday, the 12th at 530 And here's the kicker, there will be food. So that should be the most popular group. And um, my second son should be born by then. So it's a great day. Yeah, all right. Good job, wife. Good job. Hey, we have the father's table starting that is currently going now. What that is, is we meet at the Salvation Army. Ryan, what time on Friday do they need to be there? I think it's 434. Meet at the Salvation Army. What we do is we serve food to the homeless. And I'm getting feedback. I know from somewhere. We're serving food to the homeless. It's a great, practical, easy opportunity for you to serve people. Get to know them. Just make their night just a little bit better. Okay? If you're interested in that, Ryan, who do we need to talk to? C2? Do we go to Facebook? Who? See, see me. Go over there and see me. Okay. Um... Coming up is Christmas time, um, my second most favorite time of the year, um, and we are going to be doing the Advent Kids. Now, what that is, is we will have kids that may not have the opportunity for as good of a Christmas as others. So what we want to do is maybe draw their, we'll give you a name or tell you, boy, girl, how old they are, and give you an opportunity to, to make their Christmas a little bit better. And for what that means for you and me, maybe sacrificing a couple dinners. Now, if you're a poor college kid like I was when I was in college, that's a lot more dinners because ramen noodles were really cheap. So maybe you have to skip a lot of food to save up money. But what we want to do is just make some other Christmases a little bit better, and there'll be more information with that. Also, Operation Christmas Child will uh, be coming. So pay attention. There's a lot of opportunities coming up. Um, Free Market is a thing that we do here at Revolution, and we are going to be looking for someone to head that up. That is literally a market where we give stuff away for free. So it's something that we are really passionate about doing, and we've done it for a while. If you're good at organizing clothes or just getting free donations from people, um, then maybe you're that person. And if you're interested in that, go see me over there again, and and he will direct you for that. Last week, we started something where um, we, we got to know Ryan a little bit, and I'm curious if anybody remembers. Does anybody remember Ryan's real first name? Julius, it starts with a J. John, who said John? I got a free cookie here. Catch. Oh, oh, the black eye. Okay, now, last week, last week we also talked about, it's a free cookie. You can't be mad at a free cookie. These are cookies from Penn Station, East Coast Subs. They are very good. And, and you know what I use these cookies for? Anytime we make a mistake at the store, like, oh, we spit in your food. Here, have a cookie. It's okay. No, these are phenomenal cookies. So, else from last week, what was kind of David's overall topic, theme, idea, discussion? He talked about God. Okay, good. That's right there. God, what about God did he kind of envelop? What was that? She said it, and I don't know if anyone heard it, but God's what? Sovereignty. Okay, someone else over there. Okay. Um, <laughs> So what we want to do, this is a great, you just passed out a free cookie? Oh, it's mine. 
Oh, I get these every day. What we want to make sure and we're doing here, guys, is we, we use this time here. We obviously want to learn, and we're here to worship. And, and I want to make sure that what we take away from here is something that we carry with us all week. Maybe it's a thought or an idea. And then we want to make sure we push that into the small groups. That's so important, okay? So these cookies are just a friendly reminder to just, hey, pay attention, and maybe you'll get a free cookie. Um, and who didn't get a cookie yet? Oh, one back there? Okay. Now, Someone tell me, I've got one last question. Halloween just happened. Someone tell me the most embarrassing Halloween costume they just saw. This past, it's just ridiculous, outrageous, completely rehensible. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Who said, that was awesome. Who's Miley, where are we at? Way back in the corner. Oh, you already got one here, right there, front row. So what I want you guys to do now is I want you to stand up, take 30 seconds 30 seconds, meet someone you don't know. It might mean you have to get up. My wife's the only one who doesn't have to get up because she's nine months pregnant, okay? So someone go meet my wife. Her name's Rachel, okay? She's the most beautiful woman in the room. And so someone go meet Rachel. Tell someone around you and say, what the most embarrassing Halloween costume? You may have saw this past Halloween or just in general. The most embarrassing Halloween costume. Stand up, meet somebody, just take 30 seconds. Let's go. And while that's happening, Eric will come on up. We'll get to know him. The most embarrassing Halloween costume. What happened to the Bible? I don't know. I did not move the Bible. Eric's going to make his way up. Guys, like we alluded to, we met Ryan a little bit last week, and I didn't really kind of unpack of why we're doing this. Obviously, we're going through a change in the leadership of our church, and I think it's real important that we just take time to get to know these leaders, um, find out who they are a little bit. Maybe there's a way that we can connect personally on an individual letter, individual level they where they're not so scary, because they sometimes can be really scary. So go ahead and have a seat there, Eric. Everyone welcome Eric. Okay, Eric, I left all my questions at home, so this is, this is open mic. No, we're not sharing a mic, but you're very taller than me right now. No, I'm good. Are you sure? No, this, mine spins. All right. Um, so, Eric, first, tell us your name, kind of where you're from, where, what brought you to Portsmouth, and anything you want to say in, in 40 seconds or less. My name is Eric Douglas Kimsey, and uh, I'm from Chillicothe, Ohio, and I came to Portsmouth to go to Shawnee State University, the Shawnee State University. There's not that much excitement for Shawnee State. Um, and then, God, for whatever reason, had me stick around Portsmouth after I graduated, so. And I, you work Where? I How work, do you make money? I work at KSA. We that make means... concrete railroad ties. And I work directly under Ryan, which is both How? a good How? and well, bad thing. Let, let's unpack this for a second. <laughs> um, so you work, uh, like, so you were his intern, and you had to go to work and be his intern. I had to get his laundry and for both positions, yeah. He has that many sets of clothes. 
Well, he's a big guy. Okay. All right. <laughs> Eric, tell me. <laughs> uh, awkward. Um, okay. I may have um, just got fired from both, too. <laughs> we'll see. So let's see here. Tell us uh, your hobbies. What are you into? What do you love to do for fun? Well, I'm a huge nerd, so... You said that before. What does yeah. that mean? What is this... There's so many categories we can go there. I mean, like, not Dungeons & Dragons, Corey Reed nerd, but, like, computer nerd. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to make fun of everybody from up here. He gets the mic fun. later on, I I'm think, a, doesn't he? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a computer nerd. I fix computers. I... I Mess around with electronics. So you're really excited then about the new Surface computer that Windows has? Uh, I don't care for Windows, so no, oh. not really. I'm an Apple guy. Yeah, Steve right. Jobs. Yeah. May we hopefully see him one day with the Lord? We don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> um, so, so you're into computers and stuff. Okay, good. What about, do you like to read? I do like to read. Okay. You have to read, if you had to read one of these two books, which would it be? Fifty Shades of Grey. Or the entire Twilight series? And there is a wrong answer. So confession time. Oh, boy. (laughs) This was supposed to be a real quick, easy thing. I have read all of Twilight. And I'm here to repent so you can all hold me accountable. You can all hold me accountable. So you would read Fifty Shades of Grey? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I wouldn't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to let that one go. I don't know where to go with that one. Yeah. Um, let's see. What is, uh, what is your favorite place to eat? Oh, man. There's a wrong answer. That's just a tough one. That. I really, really like uh, Buca de Beppo up really? in Columbus. It's phenomenal. Really? Uh, but Penn Station is like my Thank favorite. Thank you very much. Outside of that, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fav- favorite. Uh, I had some really good free cookies the other night. Yes, they were very free and very good. You're welcome. (laughs) My son will not now eat as much as he didn't have anywhere. Okay, tell me here, what is uh, your favorite female singer of all time? I I don't know if I have an answer. Kelly Clarkson. She's a pretty good singer. She's an amazing singer. I don't know. I listen mostly to like worship music, so... Okay, you know. just made this serious. I know. Okay, Let, let's go serious then. Okay, let's do this. Tell us what is your role here at Revolution, okay, and, and how, how is that starting to, to show itself within the vision that we have in Worship, Grow, Serve? Well, uh, I suppose I'm one of the associate pastors now here at Rev, and um, I started out as an intern, you know, taking out the trash and stuff, and... Uh, I guess now my primary focuses are down in the East End where I'm living in one of the houses down there where we're just serving people, trying to get to know people, loving them, and hopefully sharing the gospel with them. Um, and also now I'm leading Bible study down on campus, trying to head up that ministry. And, and, and we always have a ton of college students, so that's pretty cool. And that's actually been growing, it sounds like, it too. Has been, so yeah. maybe looking at splitting, need some more leaders. Yeah, okay. we definitely, uh, if you guys want an opportunity to serve, we could definitely use help down in the, the college ministry for sure and in the East End. So, so we're, and we're also probably, are, are we going to be seeing you more involved in the service aspect of Sunday night? And what is your role here going to be uh, in this time as we meet together? Uh, well, I guess I'm, I'm uh, preaching a little bit. And uh, other than that, that's about all I do on Sunday nights. Most of my stuff is uh, throughout the week. So, okay. so, so East End, you know, um, small group leadering, 
Mm-hmm. Leadering. Is that a word? It is now. Homeschooled. I just made it up. Okay. <laughs> and, and so what is your, how can we, how can we pray for you specifically in your role with the East End, your small groups, and, and your teaching? What, what is something that we can be praying for you about in your, maybe your personal walk, but also as you, in your leadership role? Uh, I guess a lot of people don't know this, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of a people pleaser where like, I just, I see what needs to get done and I want to do it. And so I typically take on too much. So just trying to like serve whatever I'm doing to the best of my ability without overloading myself and, and, and then not being able to serve to the best of my ability in each of those needs so well great then, then let's do that we'll just we'll just pray for eric right now and then after we pray um we're just going to dive right into the message and i think you're you're bringing that to us tonight okay yeah. so let's pray for eric dear heavenly father thank you so much for for bringing eric to uh, the team here um and i appreciate all that i know that he's been doing and in, in the east end and at that small group at shawnee and the blessings that you've poured out on that uh, by using eric we thank you lord we pray for eric um as he as he steps into this role, that uh, he will focus on not just what needs to be done, but what you want him to do, and that he will stay focused in that, and that he won't overwhelm himself or his time to where he gets so busy doing things that he forgets about um, what needs to be done. And the most important thing is that relationship with you, um, and that we, we can, I pray that we're able to support him and keep praying for him um, as he continues to lead us, and that we will be a support system here for him, not just on Sunday night, but throughout the week, and may we be ready for action wherever he, he needs us in the East End or in other small groups. Lord, we thank you for Eric, and Lord, we thank you for tonight, and as he continues to bring the word, Lord, we just ask that you speak to our, speak to our hearts as we continue to learn now. It's in your name we pray, amen. All right, thanks, Eric. We got the video going. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business? Trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it? Network? Maybe get some free grub? Me too. That's why I created what I believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group. We're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions. You got problems? You deal with that. You're an adult. Life ain't easy. So stop the pity party. We all have our issues. We don't really want to do life together. Frankly, at Shallow Small Group, we try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term, unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. And you'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey, dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth? Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. There's no pressure here to remember each other's name. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey, man. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. 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 Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? Uh, That's not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. And there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy. And we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. 
and outreach, this is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial. But hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow small group. Because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? All right. Thank you, Josh, for finding that video. How's it going, Revolution? Whose is this? Tim Hortons? Something melted? <laughs> it's been here, man. I don't really want this. Somebody want it? Can you take it? I'll kick it off at you if you don't take it. <laughs> all right. So, you know, hopefully we can all, we can laugh at that video. Um, but if we stop and actually think about it, have you ever been to a small group like that? Have you ever been to a, a group that was just shallow or, or maybe you just, uh, you, you, you listen to people's feelings a little bit, but mostly you're kind of waiting to, to, to say your piece or, or whatever. Or, or maybe, um, you know, you were there to kind of have a free meal, right? Corey, free meal at his house here on a Tuesday. Um, so have you got, has, can I get like an amen on any of those things? Like, have you ever been to a small group like that is my question. Yes, right? Um, Maybe, maybe it was the kind of group where nobody gave any real thought before they rolled in, uh, whatever night it was, or, or, or maybe you can't even remember what the lesson was last week, or, or maybe you'll never look at um, the scripture that you looked at this week, you'll never look at it again or the, and, until the next time somebody teaches it to you, um, or maybe you didn't do any preparation at all, you just show up and you, you're hanging out and you're, you're there to see your friends, right, kind of like... Um, maybe a youth group kind of atmosphere. And that's what we really don't want a revolution um, when, it comes to, when it comes to our small groups. We want to go deeper in that, and, and, and we want all of you to be involved in those small groups. You know, I've been there. I've been to that kind of small group before, you know, where um, I lived in this catchphrase Christianity and, and, you know, it was just lifeless. There was, there was nothing spiritually alive about that Christianity. There wasn't for me. There won't be for you guys. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going back to that. And I know you're thinking, Eric, you're going a little too heavy, a little too, a little too deep, too fast. Um, and that's, that's not really my goal tonight is just beat up on, on everybody here. Uh, but hopefully... Unlike David Dowdy, Dowdy told you all last week that I was just going to bring the hammer this week. And that's not, that's not my goal. Um, I want to encourage you guys, and I hopefully want to um, just push you in the direction of, of wanting to grow more, especially in small groups. I'm just going to plug small groups all night. So um, if you're not signed up by the end, we're just going to have like a list back there or something. And if you're not signed up by the end, uh, we'll, I don't know, throw stuff at you throw cookies at, and hit people in the face with them. Um, <laughs> so, so maybe, I guess, the, the small group attitude that we're going for is, is actually doing life together. E- everything opposite of what that guy just said is we want to do life together. We want to actually 
get to know each other, get to know each other's needs and wants and, 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 and deal with them together. You know, because we have an opportunity here in, in Scioto County to reach a lot of people for Christ. We're in what's called the Bible Belt, but it seems that not a whole lot of people know anything about the Bible, right? So we have an opportunity to teach. We have an opportunity to lead people to Christ. Um, unfortunately, I think, and this is my honest opinion, that we have grown comfortable here. We've grown comfortable at Revolution. Um, that we've become, you know, we've always been the cool church, right? We have a really cool uh, space here. Uh, we've got a lot of college students. Um, and, and we've become the cool church. And that's, that's not a big deal, except we've become comfortable, right? Uh, we tend to push back against legalism. Uh, anytime somebody tells us things that we need to be doing, we, we, we say, hey, that's legalism. That's not right. We're not about that here. We're about grace here, right? Looking right at David Dowdy. <laughs> so so the, these are the kind of things that we've fallen into. And uh, tonight I just want to focus on the gospel and, and, and see why there's some things that we at Rev, you know, we think we do a lot of things right, but we do a lot of things wrong too. We, we have a culture here that we need to continually shift towards Jesus because we'll continually drift away if we're not careful. You know, it was in this church that I learned the gospel. It was uh, in this church that um, the gospel really hit me right in the, right in the heart, that it really uh, pierced me in a way that it never had before. Um, you know, I, I learned to understand it. I'm still learning to understand it. I'm learning to explain it to others. I am learning to look at the world through the lenses of the gospel daily. And, you know, it's, it's a process. It's a, it's a lifelong one, I think. And, and, and hopefully, as I grow and learn in the gospel, I will uh, continually bring light to the dark, unrepentant parts of my heart. And hopefully that's your goal, too. You know, I've been thinking and praying for revolution over the last, last couple of weeks, especially with the changes that have been going on, and I've just been, I've been wrestling with, what, what do we need to do, God? Are we really doing what you've called us to do in Scioto County? Are you really, um, are we really doing what you want us to do in Portsmouth? And uh, I've been kind of sh- wrestling with this one particular passage, and I want to go there with you guys tonight. And hopefully it will provide some guidance on where we can improve on our shortcomings and, and also give us some direction where we can go, not only with our, with our personal ministries, but where we can go as a group to minister to Portsmouth. Uh, let's jump into John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Corey can throw it up on the, the projector there. Am I in the way? I'm not that tall, am I? I guess to you folks right here. Um, so we're looking at John 15, starting in verse 12, and we'll go through 17. Actually, I'm going to do verse 9. Do you have verse 9 up there? It actually should be 9 through 17. I'm sorry, Corey. Um, 
So we'll start in verse 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, and if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. All right, the first thing I think of, of course, is, uh, is semi-pro, right? E-L-E, right? Everybody love everybody. Anybody? No? No Will Ferrell fans? All right, I got like the college guys, that's about it. Um, that was completely random, but it's what I thought of whenever we read it just now. So um, let's, let's just, I keep finding myself using the same words that that stupid video said. I was about to say, let's unpack this, right? Um, but that's what we're going to do. Let's, we're just going to go verse by verse, and we're going to unpack it, right? Um, so let's, let's look at verses 9 through 11 and verse 14. I think those all go together, so we're just going to lump them together. Um, I'm just going to go through them real quick. I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. So this word remain that is used in the NLT. Some of you use other versions. Uh, a lot of other versions use the word abide. So it's, it's not saying that we have to be good in order to have salvation. It's not saying that if we obey, then like we can be Jesus' friend. It's not what it's saying at all. Um, that word uh, remain or abide means to, to, to like bask in the truth of it, to, to affirm it, to understand what's going on, and to just uh, respond accordingly. So rather, if we have salvation, we will obey, not we obey um, in order to obtain salvation. The word remain there, um, like I said, means abide, and it, it does mean to fully accept or embrace whatever it is. So in this, in this uh, particular context, we are abiding in Jesus. And what, what does that mean? Uh, I immediately think of um, the Big Lebowski, right? And you guys know that movie. I feel like Matt should be here because he's the only one that really cares about the Big Lebowski. <laughs> but, uh, he, you know, there's this guy, and his, his name's The Dude, right? And, uh, and he, at one point, said, The Dude Abides. And it's like this, I don't know, it's one of the most quotable quotes ever from a movie. And, and what does that mean? It means that the dude was so cool that he just accepts whatever happens around him and he'll, 
he'll, he'll respond accordingly, right? He's just, he's just going with the flow, man, right? Any of you guys know the dude? That's how he is. So if we're, if we're remaining or abiding in Christ's love and sacrifice, we will be inclined to obey him in response to his work on the cross. So, so we understand the gospel and we abide in it, which means we understand it and we accept it and we embrace it, and therefore we respond accordingly. And so what does that look like? Jesus says that if you really understand what's going on here, you're going to obey. Um, here at Rev, like I said, we, we tend to push back against legalism. A lot of us really really are all about the grace doctrine, right? That, that hey, we mess up, man, God, God forgives us. If we're in Christ, it doesn't... He's, he's already taken the punishment for that. You don't, need to, you don't need to be all harsh and tell me to obey. You don't need to tell me what to do. Don't you ever tell me how to live my life, right? I feel like I'm just quoting movies and like maybe five of you are following me on that, but that's okay. That's what I do, right? That, those of you that hang out with me, like I just quote movies. I, I don't think I have a genuine thought ever. I just quote movies. Um, so, you know, a lot of us, we get into an uproar whenever we hear somebody tell us, like, you need to obey, you need to repent. And so we cry legalism when somebody says that we need to act in certain ways. But, you know, obeying God's commands is not legalistic, it's, it's righteous, right? That's obeying what God tells us what to do is, is not legalism in any respect, Living a life like Christ in accordance with the laws that God has laid out for us is not self-righteousness, it's obedience. There's a difference. So you're just pushing back against God's laws. You're not pushing back against legalism. You're pushing back against God's laws. So, for example, if you're reading scripture every morning when you wake up, that's not legalistic, you know? It's, it's obedience. It's, it's discipline. You know, to say, that if, to say that you sinned if you missed a day or you woke up late is, is completely wrong. That doesn't make any sense. It just means that you woke up late, right? You'll make up for it later. You'll, you'll take care of it later. It's just things happen, right? So let's, let's go ahead and jump into which verse... Is that right there, verse 11? Let's look at verse 11 again. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. How many of you can say that? How many of you hear the word obedience and immediately equate that with joy? Lucky's with me on that one. <laughs> nope. Don't think that. So does submitting to the gospel bring you joy? I guess is my question for you guys. This is like my small group, Eric, coming out where I like want to ask questions, but you guys don't really respond because this is like not the format for that. Um, so that's my struggle, and you guys have to deal with it. Um, but think, think about it this way, right? That that waking up and reminding yourself of the truth of the gospel before you even start your day and knowing 
that, you know, a good and gracious God spilt his blood to pay for your iniquities, you know, that should result in an overflowing of peace and joy in our lives, no matter what the day throws at us, right? That, that whenever um, I immediately think of the executive um, director at Scioto Hills, a camp that I used to work at, um, his practice is every single day, he, he, he sits at the, the side of his bed, you know, he sits up, he puts his feet on the floor, and he's not allowed to stand up until he tells himself the gospel. That, God, thank you so much that you have borne my sin upon yourself so that I don't have to bear the weight of that. That you have been the sacrifice for me. And so what kind of day does, does he go out and have knowing that the gospel is what his life is centered around. You know, how many of you find that you, you sin less whenever you actually spend more time in the word every day, right? I mean, can I get some hands raised on that one, right? We, we find that we sin less, that we are more more uh, Jesus-centered in our lives whenever we spend more time in Scripture. Whenever we spend, like, tonight, you're probably going to be less likely to have an attitude where, where you desire to sin. You're probably going to be more obedient to Christ tonight for the simple fact that you've been here and you've, if you've uh, looked in Scripture and you've worshipped Christ, right? You're you're probably um, a little bit more Christ-minded after this than, than you would be maybe tomorrow. Is that fair? So to say that um, whenever we, s- we spend time daily in Scripture and, and knowing that, that that typically keeps us more God-focused throughout our lives... Then, then could we look at that in particular, going back to the legalism thing, and, and say that that's legalistic? Eric, you're telling me to read my Bible every day. That's, that's legalism. No, it's just smart. If you know that that's what is going to keep you away from sin, and that's your desire, that you want to please God, that you want to glorify God in all that you do, then why not? Why, why would you do anything else? So in the same way, how many of you um, have been in a serious small group and found that, holy smokes, I actually grow and I typically live a more God-honoring life whenever I'm in those kinds of groups because I'm being held accountable and I'm dealing with my issues with other people. I'm, I'm, I'm talking those things out. I'm looking in scripture. How, how many of you can say that, right? I can honestly say that since I've been working for Ryan and I get to talk about Jesus every day, that I've grown a lot. I can't help them think, but there's some correlation there. So that's why we're pushing these small groups, right? We're not pushing you to be in a small group because we think you're all sinners uh, without going to a small group. No, that's not it at all. We're not being legalistic. We just want to be smart 
We want you guys to be growing. So right there in in verse 12, let's look at that again. Love each other in the same way that I loved you. Or excuse me, we're jumping down to 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. Again, this is not to say that we do everything he commands in order to be his friend. You don't have to fix your life before you come to Jesus. That's a common misconception. That's not how it works. It's whenever we come to Christ and he transforms us that that's when actual change happens, when our lives start to align toward him. You know, so um, this is the way that Jesus is saying that he wants to be loved. Follow my commandments. This is how I want to be loved by you. If you say you love me, do this. So if, if Corey back there... Um, tells me, hey man, I've been struggling with some stuff, and I need you just to check off on me. I need you to, you know, call me, or, or, or let's hang out at least once a week. You know, if I'm Corey's friend, then I'm going to do that because I care for him. Not, he's my friend because I do those things. It's, I'm doing these things out of response to loving him, right, and caring for him. In the same way, Jesus calls us to obey his commandments uh, if it is that we truly love him, right? So let's, uh, let's go ahead and look at verses 12 and 13 real quick, and we'll keep moving down. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Christ calls us to love one another as he loved us, with a sacrificial love, um, a love that lays itself down in order to sacrifice itself for, for those around it, right? Um, you know, this is, this is a call to action, right? You don't, you don't read this and then just get to show up once a week and, and sit in your seats. If you're going to respond to this, there has to be other stuff that happens, right? That we have not been called, especially with that verse, that we are to love sacrificially as he does, we haven't been called to be comfortable. We haven't been called to live a nominal Christian lifestyle. We haven't been called to a catchphrase Christianity, but we've been called to sacrifice for others. That's a tall order. That's huge. It's a call to action. John thirteen thirty five says, uh, just a couple chapters before these this passage that we're looking at tonight, it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So it starts right here. Our love has to start right here for one another. It has to start in our small groups, and the way that we care for one another is going to be what, what the outside people view the church as, right? So whenever we are sacrificing and loving one another, That's what makes the impression on the outside church. Not that we show up once a week or twice a week or or whatever. But it's going to be our actions that define that. You know, so in the first century church, they met in like houses, right? There were like maybe 20 people crammed into a house. and, And that's how they had their worship together. 
they met in, in different houses, and they met every single night, and they had food, and they, they knew each other. They got to know each other because they were spending hours a night with each other, and, and that was, I mean, that was the kind of radical lifestyle that they were living, that their kids were all playing together, and they were, um, they were dealing with the same issues with one another. They were, they were actually getting to talk through their struggles. They actually loved and cared for one another, not the whole, like, you know, every week we get up and we shake each other's hands and we're like, hey, how you doing? You know, and you like can't even remember the person's name. That's not love, being nice to a person, right? So this is a tall order. The first century church, whenever there was a need, everybody gave to take care of that need. So if there was a person who um, did not have food, they would take care of that. People who had, gave. And those who didn't, received. Um, I, I actually have a friend whose parents both lost their jobs in, in a matter of like a month, right? They have house payments. They have uh, food to buy. They have their um, daily expenses. And I didn't think this kind of thing happened anymore. But just to, as a testament to what their church was like, checks just like showed up at their door and they were able to pay their house payment for the next two months until they found new jobs. That's a huge deal. That's really exciting. That's amazing to me. I've never actually seen anything like that happen. And that's kind of sad to me. So in verses 15 and 16... It says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So his will has been revealed. We, we can't say that, well, I don't know what God's will is for my life. Have you ever heard that? It makes me kind of want to smack somebody whenever I hear that. Um, that no, it's, it's right here, right? He's, reve- he's revealed his will. Jesus like, has three years of his life right here in just the Gospels. Or you look through all throughout Scripture, you can know God. We, we worship a God that has revealed himself. Just a few weeks ago, those of you who are in the, the Bible study, um, the college Bible study group on Facebook saw that I just... I was kind of blown away, and I just posted on our group. I said, it's blowing my mind right now that simple fact that God has revealed himself to us, that he didn't ask us to follow him blindly, that he actually gave us specific instructions for what we should do. So we worship a God that has actually revealed himself and revealed his will. And, and he says we're not slaves because a, 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 a slave driver doesn't tell his slaves why they're doing what they're doing. He just tells them to do it. But that we're friends and that we have a plan to follow. That he has given us direction through his word that we are to further his kingdom. That we are to expand his kingdom by sharing the gospel, by loving each other. And uh, 1 John 3.10 says, So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. 
anyone who does not live righteously and does not love others or other believers does not belong to God. You know, we must continually be in community with one another. We have to be doing life together. We have to be loving each other. Otherwise, his words right there, if we're not loving other believers, then we don't belong to him. These are his words, not mine. Again, I say that's a tall order. Finally, he just wraps it up with verse 17. He says, this is my command to love each other, that he has given us direction and purpose to share the gospel with people, and you will have an opportunity to do that by starting right here. Love one another, that we have to be bound to one another in this ministry. He's calling us to live sacrificially for one another. You know, do you can ask yourself this question, do I live daily in the truth that that God has shed his blood on the Christ or on the cross for my sins? Do I live daily knowing that in response to that I should be reaching out to those around me just starting right here? And that doesn't mean me just being nice to somebody or or, or smiling at them, or, or whatever, God, but that we would be so enamored by his gospel that we would respond in true love and sacrificing for one another. Knowing that we, have, we are in rebellion, right? Even to this day, we're in rebellion against God. And that he sent his son to, to be that perfect sacrifice. That he lived the perfect life that we were supposed to live to be a sacrifice to pay that punishment for us. So that we didn't have to do that. And that all he calls us to do is to trust in that sacrifice. To trust in him and follow him and love and, 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 and to share that love with those around us. Are we living in that truth every day? If, you're not, if you don't know what I'm talking about you know, I, I want you to talk to me. I want you to talk to, to Ryan or any of the worship guys or, or Corey or, or, or Dave. Anybody in leadership up here. Please, please seek us out. We want to share that with you. We want to answer your questions. We want to do life with you, right? We, we wouldn't ask any of you to do anything that we're not willing to do ourselves. That we want to sacrificially serve and love you guys the same that we want you guys to do so for each other. So if you guys could pray with me, we'll get the praise band up here and we'll, we'll respond in worship. <clears throat> Father God, um, I just pray that tonight you would break our hearts. That we would know that there's more to what you have called us to than just to show up maybe once or twice a week. That there is more than just calling ourselves Christians or even uh, believing in Jesus, Lord. That, that we are called to respond in love to your gospel. God, I pray that we would 
daily bask in that truth. Not that we would become self-righteous or build up a a wall of rules that, that makes us seem tall, makes us seem more amazing than we are, God, but that we would daily realize the desperate situation we're in and trust in you to pull us out of it. God, I pray that we would be faithful uh, starting right here in this room and going out into small groups this week that you would be first and foremost what we seek. God, I pray that we would love each other sacrificially so that the outside world would recognize that there is something different going on here, God. I pray that we can reach Scioto County in your son's name. God, I, I pray that you would go with us this week and be our strength. In Jesus' name, amen.